Welcome to the Renewal Conversations. In this episode, my guest is Janelle Wood. She has a degree in psychology and counseling, and I love her ministry. She works in bringing exchange students in people's homes, and she's been welcoming and opening her house for that. And also she has a podcast, which is so interesting, bringing authentic conversations around the faith and bringing real questions of young women that might not know Christ or they might know Christ and might have questions around about faith and about the journey and really having guests afterwards that will answer to some of these questions in real time. She's married, has four children, and loves Jesus. You'll see she's on fire with Christ and loves God's unconditional love and is working in her own words. She's going through the process of overcoming perfectionism, comparison, and insecurity, and is really inspired by Christ every day in what she's doing. And with that, we'll dive right in. And if you're a regular, I want to welcome you back. If you don't know me, I'm Dr. Yuana Popa from Team for the Soul. I'm passionate about supporting Christian professional women and servant leaders, whatever works of life, from work to home to parish, you're a servant leader. And I want to encourage you to, and want to welcome you in here, where I bridge science, psychology, spiritual care, and ancient Christian faith, so I can support you every day to regenerate and renew, move from burnout to joy, from grief to hope, and also achieve your highest potential. And with that, let's dive in. So welcome, Janelle, to this Renewal Conversation. I'm so excited you're here. I got a chance to really converse with you, especially around your podcast. And I'm just so amazed of all the interviews that you're doing and how you weave in people's stories in there and then you bring others to really support. So it's just amazing. And maybe you'll we'll have a, a chance a bit to talk about your podcast, but I would love to just welcome you. And maybe we can start with your journey, your journey in Christ, and also what brought you to want to give and want to help others. Oh, well, Ioana, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. When you asked me, I was both surprised and humbled. So that's very kind of you to think of inviting me. Um, and I am glad to be here. Yeah, I, I came to Christ at a very early age. My mom and my dad they both came from some pretty complicated backgrounds, and my mom was really on fire for the Lord. Uh, she came to Christ when she was 16, and so she shared with my siblings and I something beautiful, and I remember at a very young age wanting what she had and uh, going to church. We were there all the time and asking Jesus into my life when I was three or four years old and asking repeatedly just because I wanted to make sure that it stuck, you know. Um, I was baptized when I was seven years old, and that was a personal choice. Um, I've never been baptized again since then because uh, from that you know, very early age, I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't want to follow Jesus. You know, I believed that He was the way, the truth, and the life, that there was no other way except for Him. However, there were some things going on in my life that um, I felt a lot of rejection over, and I was very hungry for love and approval from a very young age, and I wanted to be perfect. You know, I wanted to try to get, be enough 
uh, for acceptance and approval. And um, I was very romantic from a very young age. I loved uh, boys. I loved imagining uh, my life, you know, someday with a man. And I would watch romantic movies. And by the time I was in high school, although I was surrounded by people who really loved the Lord and were teaching me um, and discipling me, and, and it was beautiful, and my, my parents loved God, um, I, you know, I wanted... That, that relationship as well. And I wasn't really finding fulfillment in my relationship with Christ because I had one foot in one camp and one foot in the other, you know? And um, when I, that happened when I was in uh, college where I was dating a boy that I had met in a youth group. And at one point, you know, I knew he had become agnostic and I just told God, you know, I would rather have him <laughs> basically. It wasn't that I stopped believing in God. It was that um, I I wanted someone who loved me, um, you know, that way. And so when that uh, relationship, which, you know, I flippantly would say to God, you can have, and then we'd break up and I would be like, no, Lord, I didn't really mean that. Um, when I kept on fighting for that and God in his mercy and his grace uh, did remove that relationship from my life, I came back to the Lord broken. Fine, you know, I'll be, I'll, you know, I'm so sorry. And wanting a deeper relationship with the Lord. And that was in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, but then very legalistic in the way that I approached God, you know, like, if I'm good enough, then you'll accept me. Um, if I'm good enough, then my life will go well. And I married, met and married my husband, uh, who loves the Lord as well, Brian. And uh, we'd been married a couple of years, and we started trying to have a family and we had um, multiple miscarriages. And mm -hmm. I was really angry with God. And that was a real turning point in my faith because I finally came to the point through that process and fast forward, we have four beautiful children, right? But in that process of this emotional roller coaster of life is not going the way that I thought that we had agreed on, Lord, um, I realized that God is God, I am not, mm -hmm. and I wanted to go with him either way. Um, I wanted him either way, even if it meant... Uh, you know, something that I didn't uh, enjoy. <laughs> and so um, it was probably around 30 years old that I remember experiencing real freedom in my walk with Christ. And uh, yeah, so that's a bit of my journey. And um, God has been so faithful to me. Uh, you know, every day is that act of surrender of, Lord, I, I want you no matter what. In fact, I remind my children every day, <laughs> or most days, I say uh, on our way out the door or when we're in the car, I'll say, who are you? They'll say, children of God. I'll say, who loves you? I'll say, everybody in our family. And I'll say, who loves you the most? And they'll say, God. And I'll say, is anything today going to change that? And they'll say, no. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll recite the Lord's Prayer or something like that if we have more time. But I'll say, even if this happens or even if this bad thing happens, does that change God's love for you? No. And then I'll say, okay, I'll go and be a light. And they'll get out of the car and they'll run and I'll feel like a good mom for a minute. But anyway, uh, yeah, I have to remind myself of that too. So I just, you know, make sure that they hear it too. I'm reminding myself at the same mm. time. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Wow. So really preparing your children to have that mindset and make the decision, right? No, no one, nothing is going to change the way I experience God's love for me. Really beautiful. How old are your kids? So my youngest just turned eight in at the end of June, and my oldest is 14. Yeah. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you for yeah. sharing 
that and the the different turning points and making making your decision so strong. Wow. And yeah. I mean, you serve in so many ways. Can you share a little bit how this love for Christ is igniting your service for others in Christ and giving and tell mm -hmm. me about that, how it unfold for you? Yeah. Well, I think when I was younger, it was definitely a sense that I have to do this because, uh, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I remember even going to a therapist actually when I was 30 and I was telling her I should do this. I should do that. And I don't even know if she was a believer, but she just said to me eventually, and she was a very good therapist, by the way, she just <laughs> said, uh, she said, I hear you say should a lot. And I said, well, I am a Christian. I should do this. And she goes, why don't you do it out of love? Mm. And, you know, this woman, the Holy Spirit used her to convict me a little bit of that. And the more, I mean, the Bible talks about this, right? Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He talks about coming to him over and over to know him is eternal life. John 17, three. Uh, now this is eternal life that they would know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so the more we dive into loving and receiving who he is, uh, and we can't, we don't love first, right? The Bible says he loved us, right? We love because he first loved us. Then it's the overflow of that love yeah. that compels us yeah. into movement towards those around us. Yes. And so that makes us capable of doing a lot more than we could ever do on our own, in our own strength. I tend to revert back to my own, <laughs> you know, sin nature, and I try to do things on my own. And then I burn out, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Yes. But God has been gracious. My name actually is a, you know, is it a derivative or some sort of form of John, which means God is gracious. And God has been gracious in my life over and over and over again. You know, every time I, you know, fall down, He's just invited me back. Like, come to, come to me, Janelle. Mm -hmm. And that's been, um, that's been the invitation. And when we come to Him. Uh, there's this beautiful worship song. It talks about, you know, break my heart for what breaks yours. Um, everything that I have for your kingdom, Lord. And to know God and to make him known, that's what we live for. And so when we spend time in that current of his love, of his grace and his presence, we recognize that his presence that goes with us, his sovereignty, he is God. Nothing's going to happen that hasn't passed through his hands. And his love, no matter what our circumstances, Nothing can separate us from that except for, you know, when we're running the opposite direction. When right. we turn exactly. towards him, when we turn towards him, he is so gracious to us. And mm. so um yeah, that's that's I love this. I mean, first of all, we're sharing my name, Iwana, is a variation of John, of him oh, wow. in Romanian, yes. And I love what you share. What the orientation that you're talking about, turning towards God. In my framework of seven level of freedom, as we move towards going closer and closer with God, you know, from mm -hmm. not just changing the external events, but changing our inner workings or the way we respond, our behavior, but also our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs, and why not? The highest level is this one, the orientation. Like this is the ultimate mm -hmm. freedom. No matter what's happening in the world, we have the choice. Do I turn towards God and I do it with God or not? No. what is happening so I'm so glad that you you named that and I'm curious how did your vocation fleshed out I mean I know you're doing the podcast right now so say more about your ministry yeah well to speak to what you just said real quick what changed for me that shifting 
I, I think around 28, uh, I said around 30 was when I really experienced a lot of freedom. Um, I did this Bible study. It was called Believing God by Beth Moore. And I'll never forget it because one of the first things that we go through in that study, and I, I've done that study multiple times. I've never actually finished the whole thing, but it's quite, if anyone's ever done a Beth Moore study, they're quite in depth. She goes into a lot of scripture, but the very first thing is believing God is actually who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Bible says when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added when Jesus is talking about not worrying. And so anyway, uh, yeah, absolutely. That, that um, changed my life when I actually <laughs> believed that. Yeah. But how I got involved with what I'm doing right now, like I said, I have four kids. They're eight and nine and 11 and 14, but God they, uh, <laughs> well, you have four kids too, right? You ought between my husband and I. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're a busy household. Um, I was a, I was at home with my kids and and still am, but my babies were were babies. Um, my youngest wasn't even a year old, and I was at home with them. I was doing some ministry and a lot of ministry at that age. Um, with the kids that age, it was really you know diapers and laundry and yes, uh, you know absolutely. dishes and all the things. Yeah. And servant and, leadership. Can I just pause? That as women, yeah. we are really servant leaders when we do all these things at home. I just yes. want to name that. Yes, yeah. it, that's real ministry. It um, is. Yeah, but I was reading this book called Crazy Love by a guy named Francis Chan. And I was listening to these podcasts and different YouTube videos when I was doing laundry. And I was like, Lord, whatever you want, I want to be all in. I want to be all in. I would just want this life on earth. It's such a blip. It's such a short vapor. It's just, you know, nothing compared to the eternity to come with you. So will you use, you know, I I just want to be used for you. And God, he didn't just laugh at me, (laughs) although he could have. But through a process of just seeking after him and wanting, uh, you know, I I felt like there was more that I could give in that season. I don't know why. Um, That wasn't... that's not everybody's story for me. It, that was part of my story. I just wanted more. And uh, my husband and I started looking for opportunities, me more than him, perhaps. And I came up with all these different ideas. I'm an idea person. My husband said no. He vetoed quite a few of them. And then I came across this invitation to host exchange students from overseas. Mm-hmm. And my husband will joke around and tell people that was the best of all of Janelle's funny ideas. And so we started inviting exchange students into our home from Europe and from Asia who didn't know the Lord. And I work for, I now work for a secular organization um, as an exchange coordinator and it's very part-time work. But what happens is every year we try to place students in local families, homes. And um, what's great about that, I consider it ministry because I'm talking with young people who've never heard that Jesus loves them. And so just by living, just by being who we are, we get to share Christ with them. And anyway, long story short, the first girl that we ended up hosting, we say that they're our daughters because they they do become like our daughters. We host them for 10 months at a time. Um, she was from the Netherlands. And um, after she left, I just wanted to share more about Jesus with her. So I started a blog. She wouldn't really read the blog, but she would listen. And then um, these series of things happened where I felt like I'll start a podcast because if I didn't, all these open doors that God has opened before me, like I would be kind of in disobedience if I just ignored all of them. And so I started a podcast in 2019 in the hopes that 
she would listen, uh, just having real conversations with people. Guess what, Ioana? She did not listen to a podcast about a Jesus that she didn't know. However, in 2020, we were hosting a girl from Italy and COVID happened. And I had a series that I was doing on the gospel. And I invited uh, my exchange daughter from Italy, who's agnostic, if she would just sit at the table with me and have these conversations with me. She said yes. And so we had a conversation with a guest who was just talking about reasons uh, for the resurrection and sharing the gospel. And it was the most beautiful thing that whole month. I had different young women who don't know the Lord or had never experienced Jesus uh, come on the podcast. And I thought, I want to do this. If I could do this for the rest of my life, I would. And one of the gals, she's an atheist from Germany. And she said, I don't want to come on your podcast again, Janelle. And I said, why not? And she goes, because uh, I wasn't prepared for that, basically. And I realized in my excitement to share Jesus with young women that I love, that I hadn't really given them an opportunity to share their story. Mm. And my background is in counseling and advocacy. I have a master's degree in counseling psychology, and I worked as an advocate with women in crisis for a number of years before I started having a family. Yeah. And so um, I decided, uh, based, you know, a lot of different things pointed me this way, but there's this great quote by a guy named David Augsburger, and he says, being heard is so close to being loved that to the average person, it's basically indistinguishable. And so um, in 20, I believe it was 2021 in January, I think it was season three, it might have been season four, we launched the format of our podcast, which we have now, which is at the beginning of the month, we have a young woman who has faith questions. She might be a Christian or maybe she's not at all, um, but she just shares her story. And then she shares any questions that she might have about faith or about God in general or Christianity specifically. And then throughout the month, I invite Christian guests on to address those questions for her. She's invited to come back. She doesn't have to. Um, In the beginning, I I strongly encouraged, maybe told people they needed to come back. And then I realized that wasn't loving either. So I invite them to come (laughs) for that first episode and, uh, and then come back and listen if they want or be there for those conversations if they want. And I just think of it as a love letter to that young woman. And then for the person listening, it's modeling those kind of conversations. It's answering questions that they might have. And um, yeah, it's been a really beautiful thing. And I, I really enjoy doing that. My podcast is called Finding Something Real. And um, it's been uh, just a real uh, love t- to be able to do that kind of thing. And it does come from an overflow most of the time, not all the time. Sometimes it does feel like work, but most of the time it's an overflow of uh, what Jesus has done for me and mm-hmm. just wanting to share that to people that I love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing. And we'll put the link in the uh, episode, finding something real. And I know it's on iTunes. Is that also on what other platforms people? Can yeah. On Spotify and on Amazon. And we're trying to get on some other platforms as well. But if you Google it, you can find it pretty easy. Finding something real.com. You can just go to the website and listen there as well. Yeah. yeah really exciting and you'll see from the podcast you'll get to see when the interviewer comes in the young woman comes in with the questions and sharing their story they're pretty touching and uh, it's nice to have the responses afterwards so yeah thank you for your ministry yeah (laughs) I love it it. and bringing these you know real conversations like it's there's so many real questions that exist Mm -hmm. out there and it's really nice to have authentic 
conversation and really engage with them and not just dismiss and and just bring yeah sure jesus you know that makes sense for christians mm-hmm. right like you and i yeah sure of course we know that but for someone who might not have the background this can feel like eh, it's not yeah. it's actually my story as well because i live in a communist country so christianity was off the radar and it was kind of looked down you know the strategy of the communist country was to not to fight it, but to just say, you know what, this is the opium for the masses. This is like for people who are not intellectual. So it was as disdain, so to speak, for it. It's kind of lower, you know, kind yeah. of on the, on the radar. So for me as an atheist that I consider myself at the time, although I was baptized as an infant, it was like, yeah, sure, wooden language, like blah, blah, blah. Like it didn't land until someone actually spoke to this. Like, hey, if you're a Christian, this all this Christian stuff makes sense. But if it doesn't, then let's have a real conversation here. And that's in a certain sense is what you're doing, engaging with this kind of conversations and um, authenticity. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, especially with the advent of TikTok and short form video and um, a lot of young people, you know, what they know about Jesus is coming to them through, you know, social media or through things that they think, you know, through movies and that kind of yeah, stuff. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a, a woman from Germany, apologist, um, Christian speaker over there. She just said, you know, there's a lot of fake news out there about Jesus. And um, yeah, so that was, that's what we're trying to do. Just have real conversations mm-hmm. about the Lord. If he is who he says he is, that's what I say to these girls. Uh, you know, there's nothing better. He alone offers restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love in a way this world never could. And uh, it, just like C.S. Lewis said, you know, like <laughs> Christianity is false. It's of no importance. If it's true, it's of ultimate importance. The only thing it can't be is meeting, you know, in the middle there. So in the middle, uh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Janelle. And you've mentioned some of the ups and downs throughout your system and burnout. And this is a forum for bringing help for people who are passionate about giving, Mm. helping others and preventing burnout. So in burnout, we'll look (laughs) differently for different people. And what I really love is to demystify that burnout is just something that happens rarely or that it can be really just left to mental health professionals. Burnout is something that happens when we run out of gas. We just keep giving and giving and we're not somehow integrating our body, our mind, our thoughts, and our heart, our emotions with our spiritual life. And there's so much talk about culture. There's so much misperceptions in general, what that alignment could look like. So would it be helpful if you would be so kind to share from your experience? What was that you have you experienced burnout? Have you had seasons like that? And how did it look for you? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what justifies burnout? If it feels like running out of gas, then yes, I've definitely yes. felt that. Yes. Yeah. I saw that you've experienced burnout a couple of times in your life. I could not name how many times I felt like I've run out of gas. Um, but I've it's been quite a few. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. So yes, I, I know what that feels like to feel like you're running on empty and you have nothing else to give. Yeah. And uh, if one more person asks you for something, you might, you know, scream and run into a corner and, yes. you know, uh, self, uh, you know, soothe with chocolate and uh, 
iTunes. I don't know, you know, um, but something. Yeah, I, I've definitely been there. And and I have done all those things, right? Where I've had to shut the door and just be like, don't anyone ask me for anything right now. Um, yeah. No, nothing, zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no more ask. <laughs> no, 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 I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, but I usually find that those times, especially are times when I've forgotten where I get my gas from, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't, if I'm not abiding very well, uh, you know, when John talk or Jesus talks about that in John, uh, I think it's John 15, abiding in the vine, you know, uh, it says you will bear fruit when you abide uh, with him. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, I just, I have to stay anchored to my savior in order to do the things uh, to produce any type of fruit. And when I, you know, start to feel comfortable and I, I'm staying so busy with good things, but I'm forgetting or I'm walking away from that time that anchors me. Or in fact, the Bible talks about like in quietness and rest is where our confidence is found. And so often I forsake that time of quietness and rest before God or just, mm. you know, journaling with him or praying with him personally and on my own for, you know, good things that are ministry related or family related and all these things that are drawing for my attention. But if I do that for too long, then it's very easy for me to get to that point where I'm done. And it doesn't take very long, Ioana, for me to get to that point. Um, if my husband was here, he would laugh about this because Yes, I know what stress is like. It's very easy for me to to go into that place. When I am operating in the vine, when I'm abiding mm -hmm. and um, resting in him and I'm taking time for that, I find that the rhythms of my life are much more <laughs> harmonious and they come together a lot easier. I'm able to say no um, with confidence because, uh, you know, the only way to avoid burnout is to say no to good things at times. But, you know, it's it's part of life is to realize, wait a second, uh, I'm running out of gas. Why am I running out of gas? Oh, wait a second. You know, I, I, need, <laughs> I need Jesus and I need some time. I need some time to step aside from all of this and um, and step into uh, just time with him. Mm. So for me, that's been uh, very true. And every time that I do spend time with the Lord, you know, I will think in my head, oh, I don't have time for this. To be honest, I'll mm -hmm. think I've got so much stuff going on. Uh, but it's never time wasted to spend time with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And so anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know if that helps. But absolutely, yeah. I love that. And I I love what you're sharing, if we would be to just slow it down, the progression, right? Because that's my experience as well, that we, the only time to start preventing burnout is while we're doing well, because this <laughs> yeah. is where, right, there's more opportunities, there's things to say, yes, there's an excitement, there's projects, right? And that's what you were saying. And at some point, you notice, wait a minute, I'm running out of gas. Can you slow it down a bit for the audience? Because sometimes what happens, many, the the thoughts we might have or the feelings that we might have, we think, oh my goodness, this is just me. I'm bad. I'm like, when it's actually so common, we all have that, especially as Christian women. So I want to demystify that. What are some of the, how do you catch yourself? For example, for me, in my come up as, uh, as you said, oh, I'm too busy. I need to move forward. 
or in the past would be like the sense of kind of blah, like there was no interest, you know, before I'm like over, was over booked, overwhelmed in my brain was like, kind of like no interest Mm -hmm. or even thoughts. Am I doing this right? Should I need to change my profession? So that was kind of my experience, right? And getting in the Eastern Christian tradition, they talk about acedia that's pronounced in different ways, but this sense of kind of blah, you know, um, like eh, indifference. So I'm curious, how did you, now that you're aware and you can look and catch it faster, looking back, what were some of the things that you've noticed in your, in your thoughts, in your emotion, in your reactivity? How did that, how is that unfolding for you? So we'll, and we'll invite the listener to type in the chat, you know, if you resonate and what other experiences uh, others might have as well. Yeah, well, I can give you an example from just the other day. Um, I I went to bed early and I was going to get rest. And instead, I was scrolling on my phone, just like looking for something entertaining for over an hour, you want to, of time that I knew if I just got rest, I would feel so much better. Mm-hmm. And at one point, there just came this thought in my head, like, what are you trying to avoid? Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm trying to avoid the feeling of uneasiness that I have a lot to do this week. And I don't, I feel overwhelmed and I don't want to face that. Hmm. And so what I did that actually helped a lot and I'm learning, I went and I started writing out uh, my to-do list, all the things that I have on my plate that I need to get done by a certain time. And then after I'd written them out, you know, I, I don't remember if I prayed, but it was basically an offering to the Lord, like, okay, these are the things I'm going to trust you that the rest of this week, the things that need to get done will get done. And I've identified them and now I'm going to address them. But for me, what I typically do without even thinking about it, just feeling it Mm -hmm. is, oh my gosh, I can't believe it feels like I'm starting to drown a little bit. Like the water is up to my neck and instead of facing it, Mm -hmm. I will avoid. Yes. Um, and I'm procrastination, right? That form of perfectionism that that happens. I, I'm just like avoiding that. And then I will feed comfort. So my comfort is chocolate or it's ice cream or it's oh, you know, chocolate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, the things that actually bring uh, so much more life. Like for me, mm. you know, going for a walk, that's another thing. A lot of times I don't feel like I have time for, but when I go for a walk and I appreciate the earth that God has created, the vitamin D and moving my body that he has given me. You know, I know you're very holistic. Yeah. When I take care of this vessel, it, I feel better when I ground myself with the earth a little bit. I know that sounds kind of weird, but you know, when you're touching the earth, right? Like it feels yeah. good. Exactly. Um, all these things are really important. When I read my Bible and I'm talking to Jesus and when I'm journaling and spending time, those are life giving, but those are things that sometimes in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that. And yet I can sit on my phone and I can scroll for hours avoiding that discomfort feeling. So I think for me to going back to what I was just talking about, it's identifying it and mm-hmm. surrendering it. Yeah. Um, identifying the pattern, yeah. right? Identifying yes. the pattern or the behavior or the thought, oh, I'm just going to postpone it and just go with the flow kind of thing and then interrupting it, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And saying, okay, I don't need to be afraid of this. And that goes back to Mm -hmm. trusting God too. Like, what's the worst thing that's going to (laughs) happen? Like, I can give this to him because 
I trust him and he's bigger than all of these little things yes. that are on my plate right now. Yeah. And I so love your so in tune with psychology, right? Because you're catching also the emotion underneath it. It might be mm -hmm. overwhelmed, right? Or sometimes it might be trying to think what else, feeling like helpless, like there's nothing else that is going to help me at this moment, right? I'm, I'm trying to speak uh, for different reactions that we can have, but just pausing and identifying there could be some emotion and hey, it might be better if I face it and well, talk with God. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And I think too, another emotion that I often have when I'm overwhelmed is I'm irritable. I don't, I, I don't like people very much, especially yes. the people that I love the most. Yeah. I find the most annoying. <laughs> yeah. And isn't that something that as a Christian woman and a Christian in general, right? If we get those feelings, then we feel bad. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I'm a bad Christian. What is going on? Right. And we can get in and pile more shame. That's I'm right. so glad you're exposing this and name it because it's so important. <laughs> and you know, the, the truth is right. That nothing's hidden from God and Right. Uh, in our home, nothing's hidden from my husband, really. And so <laughs> I, uh, you know, I get to share with him and uh, he'll tell me I'm being so loving. And eventually, you know, a lot of times I do tend to verbal process. So being, being able to get all that out with somebody that I trust, that somebody that I love. And then, you know, if I've verbally lashed out or sinned against him, I, I will apologize. And uh, that's been a very safe way to handle some of that too, is to make sure that I'm not just identifying it, but releasing it, you know, I think yes. that's some of it too. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't always have to look like, you know, having a conversation with my husband, it might look like hitting the punching bag, or going for a walk, and yes. you know, praying it out with the Lord. But uh, thankfully, my husband, Brian can put up with a lot of stuff. So I'm able to that's share awesome. a lot of things with him. <laughs> Well, I love what you shared. And if you're listening, you might want to, in multitasking, you might want to pause. And I'm just going to summarize because those are very specific things that as a listener, you could do, right? If you haven't tried them, right? Pause, interrupt the pattern, and then find a way to either share with your spouse, if it's a listener, good listener, or it could be a friend, could be a mentor, a coach, your therapist, your doctor, whatever that person is that's safe for you. But also journal, pause and journal and share with the Lord. Punching a bag, that works. Taking a walk, right? The grounding sense of being in nature, that's so helpful. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't tried any of these, or maybe you did, I want you to be encouraged as a listener that, hey, this is actually a good thing or, or it's natural. It's happening to all of us. And it starts with awareness um, and interrupting that pattern. So thank you. Thank you, Janelle. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share that has been helpful for you? Yeah, I think just one more thing um, has been the worship and gratitude. Um, yeah. You know, when I when I get into a funk and I start thinking that I can't stand the whole world and Jesus beam me home, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I When I start to worship in spite of that, when I start listing out the things that I'm grateful for that God has done or who he is, in spite of all that, even when I don't feel like it, there's a shift that happens. There's something that happens in our lives because <laughs> we were designed for worship. We all worship something. And so when we choose to worship the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, you know, uh, there's no one else, <laughs> right? There's something naturally where it brings life to us too, when we choose mm -hmm. to turn our hearts to him. I love it. 
Yeah. So I just, you know, there's something we do in my home and it's kind of a joke, but it works really well <laughs> with my kids. We call it our wahoos. And uh, when one of us is sulking and we can identify it and somebody else will say something like, um, you owe me five wahoos. And what it is, is you just have to say something you're thankful for and then say wahoo after it. Pardon my dogs. I'm sorry. You might be able to hear them on your recording. I'm uh, sorry if you can't. Uh no worries dogs <laughs> <Okay>. are welcome <laughs> oh man they're driving us speaking of things that annoy but uh you know when we say something we're thankful for like i'm thankful for you mm -hmm. popa and her inviting me today uh wahoo and then we you know say it and by the time we've said wahoo or yahoo or whatever variation of it is that day uh you know we're all laughing and there's something about that that feels very much like how we were created we were created to yeah. take him seriously and ourselves a little less and it puts me in alignment with who i am in christ when i recognize his goodness and his love and his presence no matter what my circumstances that there is always something to be thankful for always something to worship him for and so yeah that's been very life-giving and practicing gratitude on a daily basis that makes a huge difference so yeah, I love that. And this idea that practicing gratitude alone, but also as a family, yeah. maybe you might not have a family as a listener, but a close family, but you could do it with your friends. Like there's a way to do that in your close circle. I'm actually really excited that you shared this because one of the courses that I'm just launching this week for my membership is Fruits of the Spirit, the Essence and the Energies mm -hmm. of God. And I bring this idea that the energies of God, we have access to them, gratitude and worship being one of them, and we can actually nurture them. And there's overlap with medicine and the way our bodies are created, our, our nervous system, you know, they call it smart vegas and psychology, the sense of true self that as we orient towards energies of God, towards gratitude, they are already in us. We don't, it's it not coming from outside. I love what you said. It's like, you feel, how did you say it? I meant for this or something to that nature. How did you say it again? I don't know, but it feels like you're designed. You were designed. Oh, designed. To worship. Exactly. Yeah. And those we are designed, they're already inside of us, which is so counterintuitive. Sometimes we think we have to bring something inside to feel good as opposed to no, we're already whole. We are already, God is already in us, the image of God is already in us with all the qualities that we need. We just need to nurture them. So thank you for that. Yeah. And as sinners, you know, we need Jesus, you know, and when we fall short, which we do, it's going back and saying, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Yeah. Thank you. You know, and thank you for the cross. Thank you that I don't have to save myself, that I can reach out to you and that you invite me into relationship with you every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So that's been just a gift, a gift. And something embedded in there, and I want to check with you, uh, it wasn't explicit, but I'm sensing as you do that, you're also forgiving yourself for your shortcomings and you move on. Mm -hmm. You don't dwell into the mistake. Is that, is that accurate? I don't, I don't know if I would put it that way. I think, I, you know, what happens is, I, it's interesting. I get to have lots of spiritual conversations on my podcast with lots of different people. You were one of them. Um, but something that's really beautiful about Jesus is our identity is in him. And when we come to him, we come to him knowing we're messed up. 
we don't have it all together. We right. cannot save ourselves. Right. But every, and this isn't just our salvation, right? This isn't just when we come to him and we're, you know, we become Christians or whatever. It's every day. It's this choice. Okay, I want you. And when we come to him and our brokenness and our pain, you know, that uh, he, his forgiveness, it's enough. Yes. You know, and it's his, you know, his love, his stamp of like, I designed you. What is it? You know, there's a word for it, but he, we have, we're image bearers of him. Imprinting. So, yeah. His imprinting. And that, yeah. that gives us, I mean, um, I talked about beauty. I had a talk that I gave uh, this summer and I, I'd love to give it eventually, you know, to a wider audience. But one of the, um, things that I shared was about, I think it was Isaac Newton, who said that in the absence of anything else, he would believe in God just based on our thumbprint. The thumbprint alone would be enough to convince them of the evidence of God. Mm. And nobody in the history of ever, um, Isaac Newton didn't know this at the time, but nobody in the history of ever has ever had the same fingerprint. Right. You know, God has uniquely created each one of us for such a time as this. Um, to do his will, his purpose. There's a purpose and a reason we're each here. And we can come to him and just say, Lord, um, I am not enough on my own, uh, but with you, uh, it's more than enough. That's and right. there's right. there's just something um, so precious about the love of Jesus mm. uh, that it compels us to love others and gives us eyes to see others through his eyes. And um, when we are abiding with that, it it changes us. You know, we're, we're not the same. We're not the same. So, yeah. That's right. So the forgiveness of Christ kind of releases whatever. Many times the Christian that I talk with, they recognize the forgiveness of God. But somehow in the back of the consciousness, it might be hard to just let go of forgiving oneself. But yeah. It's coming. It's together. It's linked. If Christ can forgive me, then I can forgive myself. 70 times seven, the yeah. way we're invited to forgive others. Yeah. So thank you for naming that. Yeah. And I just would say, you know, on my own journey, and um, I invite whoever's listening to try this out. But I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time because this is my natural. I mean, I've, I've got degrees in psychology and counseling psychology, right? It's looking at myself in the mirror and trying to figure it out. The more I look to Jesus, the more I look to God, uh, the more satisfied I am in who he is, that the forgiveness is just, you know, his forgiveness is more than enough. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. when I start to feel that shame and that guilt that I'm, I naturally want to look at myself, but instead when I look to him, um, is when I find true freedom. Mm. And so, yeah, anyway, that's yes. been my experience. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Any question that you might have for me around burnout or anything that I could bring to the table? Well, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation, but I, the first question I had when I was reading through the questions that we might talk about today, I thought, would you just define burnout? Because I think one thing that as a, a Christian woman, I think, well, that doesn't, that doesn't count. You know, it's almost like you have to check yourself in somewhere in order to <laughs> say that it actually counted as a burnout, right? Yes, exactly. um, yeah. And so it's almost like we shame ourselves about, well, I haven't reached that point yet. I haven't gotten right. that bad yet. Right, yeah. right, right. Talk about perfectionism, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I, if you're going to fall, you can tell fall, what my problem is. That's right. Yeah. 
So I would say burnout is not a mental health diagnosis, is not in the DSM-5 the diagnostic manual. It is a state initially was described in vocations at workplace, the sense of we're done, we're just really, we reached that bottom. But I would say lately, especially with COVID, burnout is used in uh, very common, very often, and is the sense of I am running on empty. So the sense of I just don't have energy or getting into negative patterns. And what happens, especially for us as Christian women, because we are so passionate about Christ, we try to push through, we strive, and we are wanting to make it happen for our families, for the work, and then we keep on going, but this chronic stress accumulates. So the body initially gets into acute stress. And then after about a month or so, it goes in, or, or more, depending on the situation, it goes into chronic stress. And at some point, we're starting feeling better with chronic stress. But what happens is we erode our energies. And what I've seen, people indeed, they wait until the last minute. It has to be really bad for months and years until something happens that is just knocking on their door, either they lose complete interest in their vocation and then trying to change, or a family member might say, hey, you might need to get some help. And then then they're like, okay, I don't know what to do. I might just go to see a, a pastor or priest or, or go and see a, a therapist, but I'm all about prevention. And if we can start thinking about running on empty ahead of time, prevention is so much easier. That's why I'm on a mission to bring <laughs> awareness on this, because especially as Christians, especially as Christian women, we want to help. We are built for connections. We want to serve. We want to, we see someone suffering. We want to help. And we go fast track into burnout and having to wait, having gone through big burnout, it's, it's hard to come back. And I knew it was not major depressive disorder. It wasn't anxiety, right? There's a sense of, okay, there's nothing really a mental health diagnosis here, although sometimes it can lead to that. But why wait as we can prevent that? And whatever we call it, running on empty, however you want to call it, let's prevent that and really find ways to give to God in ways that we can sustain it. Because I'm, what makes me really sad and what makes me want to be on a mission on fire for this is because I've seen people changing vocations that actually are a great fit for them, but they all of a sudden they lost interest and then they switched or they might start even not believing in God anymore, or they get to the place where they're like, Oh, I don't know. There's something it's just how it is for me, you know, in terms of fixed mindset, as opposed to growth mindset, you just, I cannot, I'm doing something wrong. And that just perpetuates a lack of fullness, so to speak, which sometimes it's hard to even talk about. Like, we're not going to put that on Facebook. Hey, I'm having thoughts of um, feeling shamed or I cannot change this or I'm doing something wrong. No one shares that on Facebook, right? So bringing that to awareness. And I especially have been touched by the experience of many during COVID of many workers that were frontline staff. I mean, they could have been in a medical field, but also there were a lot of industries where they had people that actually had to keep on going 
while more than half of the population had to stay home, they had to keep on going and there was no one to replace them. And I think it's it's just brought this to a, another level. I would use burnout loosely, this idea of that we just run out of gas, we go into chronic stress, and we don't have to wait until then when it's really bad. Follow-up question to that, if you have time. Yes, yes I do have so, <laughs> so let's say, and I think this is a common experience, you're involved in a church or ministry, and other people are relying on you. And you are at a point where you are, you've, you're burning it at both ends. You're, you're, you're feeling the water up to your neck, so to speak. Yes. Um, how, let's say you're that person who's experiencing that. How would you encourage that person? And how would you encourage the people who are counting on that person to respond? Because especially in the church, you know, we have things that we're doing with other people. And then when somebody is starting to burn out, a lot of times it is at the very last minute that anyone knows about it yes. and there's shame wrapped up in it. And right. then there's guilt and all of those things. And sometimes we don't always do the best job in loving people through the disappointment of, hey, we need to get work done, right? So how do we do a better job in a situation like that? I would say first, if you are, as a listener, if you're actually in the middle, is to speak up sooner. I would say I'm not someone who would say, don't keep up your commitments. And I had my share of commitments and realizing, oh my goodness, this is this is difficult. But talking with people in your team and your church about what's happening and working towards keeping the commitment and making some accommodations. Many times we don't think about, it, but people are can understand if we actually talk about it. But the first step is to realize that we're not alone. This is common. And the patterns we see, many other people do experience. So by demystifying this, we can actually speak for it. Now, will some people understand and some people might not? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's possible not. But I think one of the things that I heard Michael Hyatt say, and I'm not sure he's, he's good in time, man- in time management and plannings and whatnot, and planners, he, and I don't know if it's his quote or he quoted someone else, whenever we say yes to something, we actually say no to something else. So think in terms of time, like a a room, like a space. So that makes us more mindful. Okay, next time when I say yes, and I catch myself, I have this caregiving, pleasing part. Anytime I see something, oh, I could help. Yes. Oh, I can see this idea. And then I can catch myself. All right. But Initially, I had to talk about it and keep my commitment if I could. If not, obviously, you want to be as honest as possible, right? If it's something really imminent happening and to ask, but being surprised that usually people do understand if we can speak about it. And I'm glad now in many workplaces, they talk about mental health days, taking off for a mental health day. You know, it's becoming more and more understandable and I love Joyce Myers. She's so funny. And one of her saying was, you know, we have to remember we are not Holy Spirit Junior. I mean, we just are not bottomless. We're not like God, full of energy, endless energy. And even Christ took space and went to the desert to regenerate. So keeping reminding that and making incremental changes all the time and just talking with people about it. Now, does that solve an acute issue? No, but I hope that gives some guidance that speaking up about it, first of all, it's okay. 
that it happens to most people. It's not something that we need to be ashamed of. And especially as Christian women, we have this tendency. We want to say, yes, our neighbor is in need. Yes, I'm going to help you. Our church is in need. They need yes, I'm going to help you. And before you know it, the day comes and it's like, five billion things on our calendar and we're like what was i thinking (laughs) (laughs) one time second time you know and then we learn okay hold on a second what am i saying no to by saying yes Mm -hmm. can i really manage this and how can i say no graciously that's a long answer but does that kind of captures it for your experience as well yeah yeah i think that's really wise advice and yeah it's important to remember i love what you shared about the yes being a no to something else you know yeah, Lisa Turkers uh, wrote a whole book about that, the best yes, um, because not everything is the best yes. And uh, yeah, I I hope that I, you know, moving forward, I keep learning that lesson. Like I know saying yes it's to certain lesson. things and no to others. <laughs> it's a lesson for all of us. Like even just putting your day, okay, if I'm going to take this activity, one of my biggest gaps was the activity seems really interesting, but asking the question, what will this require of me? How much time, how much, not just time, but how much bandwidth for my brain, because I don't have infinite bandwidth. At some point, I'm like exhausted. My brain cannot think. I have no more neurons to think, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And also how much time and where would that time come from? Is it coming from dinner with my family? Is it coming from time with my kids? Is it coming from time from regeneration? And if that's happening and I burn out, I will not have any more time to give. I think that was for me. Okay. You can, you can sense how I was heading towards burnout. The first time I flew with my one-year-old an airplane, when the steward said, and you're going to put the oxygen mask. This was the first time across, right? The second time across the ocean. Anyway, put your mask first and then your infant. I was my first reaction is outrage. Now it's very popular. People talk about this expression, but I was literally outraged. Like, what? My kid needs the oxygen mask. And I'm like, hold on. Uh, a dead mother is not a very helpful mother. And it's kind of like that to sip through. Like, I cannot give. I cannot do this ministry unless I really take care on a daily basis. And my daily blueprint has to do with morning, midday, afternoon, and night, four times a day. We eat, we drink water many times a day. Let's not forget about that. And it helps us to sustain. Yeah, that's so good. I was listening to Jefferson Bethke one time talking about, I think it was on John Mark Comer's podcast about rest. He was talking about an exercise that he does with his wife every year where they take sticky notes and on their table, they write down all the things that they are involved in. And then they <laughs> sit and they consider each one. And they go, okay, is now the right time to take this out or to keep it in? I Um, love that. Yeah, it's really good advice. That's a great exercise. You want to thank you for this? This is awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. I have one more question for you. Yeah. What's one project that you're working on that you would like to share? Maybe it's your upcoming podcast or I don't know. Is there something that you would love to share with the audience? You don't have to. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if this is in line with what you're talking about, but um, we've been doing the podcast. I've been doing the podcast for four years. Um, God has been very gracious. Um, we're in the mid- middle of fundraising for next season because we're hoping to create more short form video to kind of combat some of the fake news that's out there. 
and um, share with more young people that there's an opportunity for conversations like this that we're having with people who can answer their hard questions. So if any of your listeners are interested in that kind of ministry and would like to know more about it, they can just go to my website and hear our plans are for, for the next season. If they'd like to contribute, that'd be amazing. But if you go to my website, there's also a free resource on there and it's a gift to whoever signs up for my email list. And it's just um, seven questions that you or a friend might be asking about Jesus or about faith. And it's kind of a resource to walk through those kind of conversations. So feel free to go over there no matter what and listen to an episode or yeah, I'd love for you to come over and check it out. That's wonderful. And we'll put the link for your website in the episode. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank Thank you so much for coming. It's been such a treat. Oh, you're a delight. Uh, I've appreciated it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for coming on in this episode, Renewal Conversations, and for sharing of your experience and for sharing your wisdom. And if you're listening, I hope you really benefited from hearing from Janelle's story and journey and also her nuggets along the way, especially also about her experiences, as I really would love to, for us as Christian women, to realize that this is common. This running on empty is common, and many of the reactions are natural And I want to remove any shame, blame that we might be experiencing and really be able to take steps ahead of time before we are going to deplete all our reserves through chronic stress. So may you be blessed. I'm going to end with a prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the conversation with Janelle. What a blessing. May you bless her ministry. May you bless her family, her friends, her church, and also the listener. May the listener be blessed in this conversation and really bring some of the nuggets and inspiration in her life. And may you continue to help us to give in you, Christ, with joy, with energy, with peace that surpasses all understanding so we can continue to give to others in you, Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. May you be blessed. Until next time, I say goodbye for now. 